Happy Memorial Day, Shutterbugs. That's right. It is Memorial Day weekend in the United States, and this is when we honor the fallen soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines, and Coast Guardsmen in Washington, D.C. We celebrate it with Rolling Thunder, which you hear in the background. I'm photographing Rolling Thunder because this is what I do on Memorial Day weekend and because this is the Shutterbug life. Shutterbug Life Podcast. If photography is not just something you do, but who you are, this is a place for you. In this podcast, we talk about everything you need to be, do, or have to reach your true potential. Let's celebrate the creative photographer's lifestyle with your host, my dad, Linford Morton. Welcome to the Shutterbug Life Podcast. This is episode 021, the 21st episode, and this is the podcast for photography enthusiasts with everything you need to be, do, or have to reach your full potential. My name is Linford Morton, and you can call me Lynn, and I am the host of the podcast, and thank you so much for joining again for another week. We've got some fun photography advice in this episode. But before I get too far into that, um, in the intro, of course, I had some background sounds from Rolling Thunder. Rolling Thunder is is sort of a treat we get in Washington, D.C. on Memorial Day weekend. We get thousands of bikers who all come into the city, and they mostly are riding Harleys, big old Harleys that make lots of noise. But they're also very visual. And if you sort of think about the the whole biker look, you know, lots of leather and tattoos and 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 the like, you've got thousands of people like that. But what's cool about them is they all, a lot of them are here also remembering and celebrating the fallen soldiers, POW and MIAs, the prison of prisoners of war or missing in action. And so it's a very veteran, um, because it is Memorial Day weekend, veteran-friendly event. And lots of them are um, vets from Vietnam and and before. Uh, I took my son down there, and we saw a bit of the parade. And then we took we went around, and we chatted with some of the vets, and we took some pictures. You know, we, we met – the oldest guy we met was 87 years old. He was – riding this Harley that must have been electric because he got on it and started the engine and drove off and we didn't hear a sound, but it it was huge and imposing, just made no noise whatsoever. I think one of the most moving things, and I'll I'll add a picture, this photo to the uh, show notes, uh, in uh, where they come over the the Memorial Bridge right behind the Lincoln Memorial. And if you've ever seen Washington images, this is one of the establishing shots they always show for Washington, D.C. You know, someone coming over the Memorial Bridge. Well, that's where all of the um, bikers sort of come into D.C. over that bridge. And then they come, they, they wrap around the Lincoln Memorial, and they come down this street. And as they go by, this old Marine puts on his dress blues, and he stands there at really, you know, smart, stiff attention and salutes all the bikers as they go by. 
for many of them, it's moving. So they jump out and some of them salute him back and a few of them hug. And I got some images of that. I'll share you with you guys. But I thought it was kind of a moving event. So anyway, that was the, the weekend in my Shutterbug life. I don't know what's going on in your Shutterbug life this week. Um, I don't know if you're shooting anything fun. I've been seeing some really cool images in our Facebook group. So I'm really glad that you guys are posting there. At least I've seen where, where, you know, what people are getting out and doing. And we have some fun um, shoots coming up in the near future, also in our meetup group as well. So looking forward to getting out and shooting with those of you who will be in the D.C. area and joining us for that. All right. So uh, today I wanted to talk about something a little different. So, you know, we've got a lot of information in the last few episodes, and this one will be a little different, but it will be just as helpful. I promise. And, and I call it timeless advice to improve your photography fortunes. And I've got tips that will not only improve your images, but also your experience as a photographer, meaning how much you enjoy it, how much you learn and how much you get out of the shooting experience. And, and, I call this timeless advice because sometimes, you know, it doesn't have to be earth shaking, but it's things that the little things that you just overlook in your haste. But if you if you stop and think about them and work them into your workflow, I'm guaranteeing you, you, you will see better results. All right. So that's what we'll talk about today on Memorial Day weekend. <laughs> Okay, so let's talk about our timeless advice to improve your photography fortunes. These tips not only improve your images, but also your experience. And the first one is really sort of a high level, but it's more about getting into your thinking or your effort or it's, it's do your best to work for the audience of one. Now, I got this one from Trey Ratcliffe in his uh, TED Talk over in New Zealand. He told a story about when he was uh, in school and he was a big um, fan of Patrick Stewart, the uh, the, the actor who played in um, the, the science fiction, uh, um, the Star Wars science fiction series. And Patrick Stewart, of course, played Jean-Luc Picard, the captain. But he came to his campus in the, uh, the college he was attending in Texas. And Trey talked about, you know, being really excited to go see, um, um, to go see Trey, I mean, to go see Patrick Stewart. And when he got there, there was this big old stadium. When he got in, he walked into the stadium. It was empty. And there were only three or four people there at the most. And he thought, then he felt like, oh, my God, this is going to be really awkward and really embarrassing for Patrick. Oh, my God, what's he going to do? Uh, you know, an, an actor of his stature is going to come out and see that nobody's here. I don't even know how, how will they handle it. And so he says he's sitting in the front row. And Patrick comes out, looks out into the audience, sees who's there, shrieks, and runs off stage. Ooh, so now they're thinking, wow, this is really sort of awkward and embarrassing. But in a in a minute or so, Patrick emerges again back on stage, but he's carrying four chairs. 
And he sits the four chairs around him on stage, and he comes back to the front of the stage and invites them, would you like to come up and sit with me? And they're like, um, yeah, of course. And so they all went up, and they all sort of took seats right around him. And he said, do you mind if I, you know, perform something for you? And uh, they said, of, of course. And he did, you know, some an entire act of Shakespeare um, reading, and he did it in, in, in very theatrical styles. And and Trey was saying how entertaining it was and how 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 much he thoroughly enjoyed it. And so, you know, he's st- the point he was making, and that I will in turn make is that. You know, Patrick Stewart could have gone out and seen four people and said, it's not worth it. I'm going home. Instead, he gave his best effort because that's what makes him a professional. Now, I know a lot of us, um, when we're doing our work, even though we aren't Patrick Stewart's and we don't go and stand on stage, in essence, we all have our own mini stages and audiences when we take our photos and we post them somewhere. We, we put them out into the universe wherever we put them. Let's say, let's just pick Facebook as a random place. You put it on Facebook, there are only two or three people like it, and you feel like the, oh my God, that picture was a bomb, or that picture was a dud. Maybe I won't shoot that kind of thing anymore because people don't like it. And, I, and, I, and I'm going to propose that there's a different way of thinking about it. You want to do your best work, the work that makes you excited, the work that you just love to look at for yourself, that where you find it's beautiful. You do your best work, and when you do, you put it out there, and it doesn't matter who notices or who likes it. Because a lot of people who are successful talk about the years they do stuff, and they just keep putting things out and putting things out, and nobody notices. But what they do is they keep putting out their best work, and eventually the crowd shows up. But they're not doing it for the crowd to show up. They're doing it for the love of the craft. I got this also from um, from Brandon Stanton of Humans of New York when he spoke with us a few years back. He talked about that, too. For years, he took pictures, and nobody noticed. Nobody noticed. Trey Radcliffe said the same thing. For a year, he said for two years, he did his blog and only his mom looked at it. And eventually people come around. But the problem with so many of our efforts is we abandon them too early because we don't think we have an audience or we don't think pe- enough people are liking them so that so they must not be that good and we must not be worthy. Well, that's not really the case for many of us. Right. So do your best work for the audience of one, which is yourself. That's advice number one. The second. Find more opportunities to appreciate than to criticize. So where did this come from? So I'm on Facebook in the Canon user group. And this lady posts an image. Now, she posted a very a fairly pretty picture of a of a bee near a flower. And it, it was a nice image. But then in her caption, she puts, this photo is for all of you photographers who poo-poo us on our kit lenses because I only shot this with a kit lens and you guys who buy expensive lenses are just wasting your money or, so, you know, I'm paraphrasing now. But she's basically going on to saying, you know, poo-poo all of you who spend money, good money on lenses because you can take a pretty picture with a kit lens. 
Now, I'm reading this book, um, and many of you have heard of it, How to Win Friends and Influence People um, by Dale Carnegie, I think it is. And the, the, the interesting about thing about this book is as you read it, you almost find this, you find yourself thinking the title of this book should have been, duh, I should have already known this. I should be doing this because the stuff is, as you, as you read is just so self-evident, but it's simple truths. And I sort of thought about that, that when, when he had a chapter on not criticizing, he says, when you criticize, all you do is set up people to be defensive and want to defend themselves. No one is ever criticized and happy to take it. They always, you are always in sort of a defensive mode. And, and so what happened when, um, you know, the good lady posted her very pretty picture with that comment is the people after her just ripped into her. Now, she could have just put that thing up there and appreciated what she did and been happy. But no, that wasn't enough. She had to go and criticize on a Canon website people who bought Canon lenses. Boy, talk about not knowing your audience. And and the interesting thing about it is she didn't know what she didn't know. And I think that was probably one of her, her problems. Sure, she took a very, she took a great image with her kit lens of that scene, but that scene isn't why people buy $2,000 lenses. They buy $2,000 lenses for a lot more demanding situations, and that was not a demanding situation. It was a bright day with lots of light, and she, you know, and all she was doing was stopping action. I mean, there was, you didn't require much of the lens, and so... Sure, you can take a great picture there, but that's not the situation people who spend lots of money on lenses buy them for. But I don't think she knew that. And by criticizing, she just opened herself up to be waylaid. And it was, it's, it's, you know, when you think about it, with so many of us going out there, we get we find the right camera for us, and then we, we you know, then criticize everyone who doesn't have this camera or who doesn't have this lens. And a lot of people do that. And my only message here is rather than doing that, find more opportunities to appreciate what you do, what other people do, because that will in in turn attract more of the kind of feedback you're looking for. All right, let's talk about um, photography shooting. And this one we talked about when we were in New Orleans. And uh, not just that, but I, I also had a conversation. I was uh, getting ready to do some coaching with a, a, a client, and we talked about slowing down. Now, I think this is probably the one thing that that is um, ruins most photographers' experiences when you're out shooting, as well as your results. We've got to learn to slow down. I th- I always say photographers are notorious for having an ADD-like syndrome. Meaning we're just out there, we're going, we're, we're, we're in fear we're going to miss something. And we're darting from location to location. We shoot one or two images and we're like, what else is out there? Ooh, something else shiny. And we dart over that. We shoot one or two pictures and we dart to the next thing. And it's, it's funny. The client I was talking to this week, she says, I never get any good pictures until I go back to the location for the, the second time. Because that's when I get to really slow down now and take it in. And, and, you know, there's some, there's a good lesson there because if we can train ourselves to slow down as we, as we shoot, we'll find that we will come away with better things. So what, what a lot of people 
um, do. And I was talking about this with another friend. You know, a lot of, we spend our times running from place to place looking for the good shot rather than taking a situation and trying to make that shot good or better or great. So by that, I mean, rather than running in 20 different directions, find two or three things that you think really have potential and spend a lot of time working on them. Rather than shooting one or two images and darting off, stay there and 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 work it in different different angles, in in different um, up, down, around, behind, forward, an unexpected way of looking at it, away, close. You know, there's so many ways you can, you know, not the whole thing. You know, pe- take it apart, deconstruct it, spend some time, and just slow down before you depress the shutter. The thing we all know to do is sweep all four corners of the viewfinder. Look look at all four corners of the viewfinder and look in front of and behind your subject. Take the time to do that, literally. Force yourself to look the four corners behind for what's in there. And then look at the bottom of the viewfinder and take another look at your settings. What's my shutter speed? What's my f-stop? What's my ISO? If you can see all three, three of those on your, in your viewfinder, because often a lot of the mistakes we make can, will be, can be corrected if we just stop and look at all those things before depressing the, um, the shutter. Now, I, this of course assumes you're shooting something where you have the time to do that. And I'm assuming you do, but even if you're shooting like a fast moving situation, like you're going in, you're photographing a game, you can take your time and do all your settings before you, you start shooting and then maybe check two or three, but you want to make sure you want to make sure if you have the time that you slow yourself down, slow yourself down, slow yourself down and look now, That leads to the next one, which is practice seeing better and practice seeing when you don't have the camera. Okay. Now I must have photographed around the Lincoln Memorial and monuments in that area almost thousands of times. And most of those thousand, I never had a camera in my hand. And and part of the reason is, you know, I'm doing these photo tours around there and I'm doing different things. And so I'm always out there walking. And I, when I'm teaching, I, most times I don't have a camera with me because I'm working with the cameras of you know, people who are shooting. And so great. I don't have a camera. So I'm forced to do more looking and seeing and, and, and it's in that time when I'm looking and looking and looking for what might be a good shot, but not taking it. I see so much more and you'll be surprised how much. And you can do this at any time. If you're just on your lunch break, walking around near your office, or if you are just walking in your neighborhood, practice seeing, practice looking for different themes to shoot and different things that might make good shots. Practice looking for the lights. Where's the light today? If I were shooting today, how would I use this light? How would I use it to enhance a shot? How would I use it to overcome the, how would I overcome the light in a shot like this? And think through the steps you would take, even though you're not shooting. Think through the steps you would take. Okay, I'm walking down the street. I see something that looks interesting. How would I shoot that? Where would I shoot that from? Ooh, where's the light? And, and, or if you see something happening, uh, you know, a mom and a, 
you know, and and a dog or, you know, just something happening where there's an interesting story, a moment, you know, which is the moment you would want to capture? Think through those things. And even if you aren't actually shooting, train your eye to see, to see where the patterns are, to see where the light is, to see where the interesting shots might be, and to see when the impactful moments might be. Practice seeing even when you don't have a camera. And when you do have a camera, you see it begins to pay off in dividends. All right, so here's what I, I usually end my my half-day workshops with. And I build up build it up by saying, this is the one tip that if you do this, and if you do this religiously, like every time you go out and shoot, Almost overnight, everyone will think you are a dramatically better photographer. Now, I've got this buddy in our shoot, my Shutterbug group, and as far as I'm concerned, he's never, ever taken a bad picture. Every time we go out and shoot, he posts his images, and I'm like, wow, my God, that's incredible. And, wow, I mean, do you ever take a bad picture? And I, I, I sort of I asked, that, asked him that in jest one day, and he goes, and he goes, Lynn, you've only seen three of them. You didn't see the other 300. And I thought, well, yeah, duh. But but that is the key to being seen as a great photographer is to not show your bad images. Only show your best work. And the the other example I give is, let's say, you know, Ansel Adam went up to the to that Santa Fe, uh, you know, wherever he, he shot his great images and the side of the mountain, and he only he shot like, you know, probably a thousand. He let's say he posted thirty on his Facebook page, and thirty are all similar. What do we all do? We look at them and go, "Okay, there were two good ones there," and but we judge them on the the two worst ones, and we think, "Well, if I had that many tries, I could probably get that too." And we start, you know, then Ansel he thinks he's all that, but he really isn't. This is what we'll start to say in our minds, right? And and so. You always want to show your best work because when you think of the greats and you think of the scenes of the images that make them great, there's usually only one of them. And they're not a bunch of, you know, ones that are similar, right? There's usually just one that they show you. And they do the discipline of editing down what they do to one powerful image and not showing any more. And you'll find that you'll become a better photographer by going through the discipline of doing that. And you'll be seen as a better photographer because you only show your best work. And so only showing your best work is is a really hard thing to do, but it's worth it if you can. And, you know, I was talking about this with the guy, with some of the guys from the New Orleans trip. I said, you know, nobody wants to see 30 of the 30 similar images from any from any place, not even your mother. Seriously, nobody wants to see 30 images of the same thing. I know you, you think that because you were there and you, you're tied up emotionally in it, but nobody wants to see 20, 30 images of the same thing. We want to see one or two good ones and we want to move on because, again, we all have ADD. Only show your best one, one shot, two, maybe three, but no more than that. All right? Now, here is the, the last tip I have for you. And if you can do this, this will also help you improve. And and this is to teach someone who knows less than you. Each one, teach one. What I have found is one of the best ways to continue to learn is to teach. 
And by that, I mean, you know, when you're out in a group, make yourself available to help someone who might be struggling, someone who knows less than you. I got the teaching bug at at a party once. I was sitting there at a party with my and I was sitting in the corner with my camera and I was just sort of sitting looking at some pictures that I'd been shooting through the day. And one person comes by and asks a couple of questions about it, and I answer. Another one comes and I answer. And and before I knew it, I was sort of teaching an impromptu class right there. And I thought to myself, wow, this forced me to think about why I do what a lot of what I do. But and it, it forces me to clarify my thinking and, and, and be clear in how I explain it. And in doing that, you will find that you will um, – the things you – didn't think you knew, you'll find that you know them better than you think. And in having to explain them, you'll find that you ha- you get a better grasp on it. And now when you go and shoot, you'll find that that stuff actually translates. So make a point of helping or teaching or mentoring someone who knows less than you. Um, you know, don't hoard the information. We want to be a generous and giving community, and that's an easy way to do it. Teach someone who knows less than you, and in doing so, you'll find that you learn much more for yourself. All right? So that's the last of the tips I have, my timeless advice. First one is do your best work for the audience of one. The second one is find opportunities to appreciate rather than criticize. The third is slow down. And then next is practice seeing when you don't have your camera Um, then only show your best work. And then finally, teach someone who knows less than you and you'll learn more in the process. I hope some of those were helpful or inspiring for you as you work. If you have any similar kinds of, of advice that you think would be helpful for other people in our community, share them in the comments. Go to our bit.ly link, bit.ly forward slash shutterbuglife021, and leave your best tip, photography tip there. I'd love to see what that is. If you are um, going just straight to the website, it's shutterbuglife.com forward slash podcast, and then find episode 21. Well, that's it for this week's episode. Hope you enjoyed that. Of course, remember, we do this weekly, and usually it comes out on Sunday with an email Monday, but um, with the Monday holiday, it, comes, it came out today on Monday, of course. And uh, you can follow along, if you like this, by going to shutabuglife.com forward slash subscribe, and that helps get you, that gets you on the list so that whenever I publish this or anything else helpful or interesting, you get an email alerting you to that. You can also subscribe on iTunes by going to itunes.shutterbuglife.com or by searching for us on Stitcher if you use that platform to listen to your podcasts. And then finally, you can, of course, go to the bit.ly link, bit.ly forward slash shutterbuglife. 021 for this episode and you will see notes on the things I've talked about today as well as uh, some of the images from the uh, Rolling Thunder um, shoot I did yesterday just for fun. So if you are on any of these 
websites, I invite you to subscribe. And if you're on iTunes or Stitcher, to leave a note there, um, to leave a uh, a review because that's helpful for us as well. And if you're in the Washington DC area, of course, the meetup group is Shuttlebug Excursions and you can meet us at our Shuttlebug Excursions Facebook group, share your images and your experiences between episodes. Love to hear from you there. All right. That's it for now. Thank you so much. Have a great week and enjoy your Shuttlebug life. Take care. Take care.